Good morning, brothers and sisters. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedger. I'm blessed, honored, humbled to be the pastor at Salisbury Center, United Methodist Church, where we expect miracles, recognize miracles, and celebrate miracles together. The vision here at Salisbury Center is to love God and others, to serve as an example, to plant seeds of hope, and to nurture one another so that we can make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Amen. I do have a couple announcements this morning. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, we have the men's breakfast at Salisbury Center, Saturday, September 3rd, 8 o'clock. We will be having another bonfire in September. We do not have a date yet, uh, but we'll get one. We uh, will also have a outside service on 11 September, uh, 9-11. Uh, so we're going to do an outside service right here behind the fire department, followed by a covered dish. So if that's something that uh, interests you, uh, bring a covered dish to pass on the 11th. We are also having a church conference on the 22nd of September at 6 o'clock p.m. Uh, that's a members-only uh, church conference. We will be voting on whether or not to leave the United Methodist Church, the denomination, and whether or not we should join the Global Methodist uh, Church. So if you are a member and you'd like to participate, that is the 22nd of September at 6 o'clock. This morning's memory verse comes from John eight twelve. John 8, 12. <clears throat> it reads, Again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, you are our rock and our firm foundation for everything we build. You give gifts to your people for the good of the church. You equip and train your people to carry out the good works you prepared for us in advance. As we meet today, we ask you to provide wisdom, guidance, and direction. Remind us that you're our loving ally, our fortress, our tower of strength, and our rescuer. Everything we need is found in you. Open our eyes to see what you're doing in our lives. As we gather today around your name, we pray that you'd fill us Fill our hearts, fill our minds, fill our souls. Transform us, Lord, and make us more like you. Lord Jesus, you're the bread of life. May we feast on you and find nourishment for our souls. You are the light of the world. Let us follow you out of the darkness. You are the door. Let us enter the Father's presence in your name. You are the good shepherd. Let us rest in your provision. You are the resurrection and the life. Let us find true life and victory in you. You are the way, the truth, and the life. Let us love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <clears throat> Please join me with a call to worship. Assemble before God our rock and refuge. We expect to be changed by God's message to us. 
the Lord calls us to go into the world. We will go. God commands us, speak as God commands. We will speak. God assures us, do not be afraid. We trust that God will deliver us. Amen. This morning's Lady Scripture comes from Isaiah 58, 9b through 14. Isaiah 58, 9b through 14. It reads, If you remove the yoke from among you, the pointing of the finger, the speaking of evil, if you offer your food to the hungry and satisfy the needs of the afflicted, then your light shall rise in the darkness and your gloom be like the noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your needs in parched places and make your bones strong. And you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters never fail. Your ancient ruins shall be rebuilt. You shall raise up the foundation of many generations. You shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to live in. If you refrain from trampling the Sabbath, from pursuing your own interests on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the holy day of the Lord honorable, if you honor it, not going your own way, serving your own interests, or pursuing your own affairs, then you shall take delight in the Lord, and I will make you ride upon the heights of the earth. I will feed you with the heritage of your ancestor Jacob, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Amen. Praise God. This is the word of God for the people of God. We turn to joys and concerns, and as I look out the window here at the office, I have about 25 birds feeding at the feeder, and it is just a, a beautiful sight this morning. Nice and cool, sunrise coming up. God is so good. I am so thankful. So there's my joy this morning. We do have people to pray for, of course. Uh, people in the hospital, people recovering, um, people that are lonely, that are sitting in their house, lonely. So we want to keep all them lifted this morning. Let us pray. Father God, we confess our need for you today. We need your healing. We need your grace. We need hope restored. We need to be reminded that you work on behalf of those you love constantly powerfully and completely. Forgive us for trying to fix our situations all on our own. Forgive us for running all different directions and spinning our wheels to find help when true help and healing must be found first in you. Forgive us for forgetting how much we need you above everyone and everything else. We come to you and bring you the places we're hurting. You see where no one else is able to see or fully understand. You know the pain we've carried, the burdens, the cares. You know where we need to be set free. We ask for your healing and grace to cover every broken place, every wound, every heartache. Thank you that you are able to do far more than we could ever imagine. Thank you for your mighty power 
that acts on behalf of your children. We reach out to you and know that you are restoring and redeeming every place of difficulty, every battle for your greater glory. We love you and we need you today. In Jesus' name, amen. The title to this morning's message is The Lighthouse. The Lighthouse. Anyone besides me grow up afraid of the dark? Now be honest, all. I know we got some tough guys out there, but be honest. Anyone besides me grow up afraid of the dark? I used to make my mom stand at the bottom of the stairs and talk to me as I went upstairs. I also made sure every light was turned on before I rapidly ran up, did what I had to do, and then ran back down to safety. But I wasn't afraid of the outside darkness. I loved playing hide-and-seek in the dark. And I remember spending many hours pulling big, fat, juicy night crawlers out of the ground for fishing using a flashlight. I can't even count how many times I camped out in our backyard or in the hay mound with my brothers or friends. No, I wasn't afraid of the outside darkness. It was the inside darkness that scared me. And it still does. Except not the inside darkness of houses. I'm talking about the inside darkness of people. It all goes back to the condition of their hearts, of course. Luke 6.45 teaches us the good person out of the good treasure of the heart produces good. And the evil person out of evil treasure produces evil. For it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. What needs to simply turn on the news or pick up a newspaper to witness the evil and hatred happening in our world? Do they still have newspapers, by the way? Our world has changed, brothers and sisters. We look back at the horrific practice of child sacrifice that's been committed throughout the world for thousands of years, and I'm going to show you today that it's still being done. Now, in the Old Testament, the sacrifice of a child was committed during the worship of a pagan deity. Worshippers sought to receive a blessing from their god or gods that they worshipped, or sometimes to confirm a vow or complete a vow that was taken in the name of that god or those gods. We turn to Leviticus 22 through 5 and we hear God's warning. He says, Say further to the Israelites, any of the Israelites or of the aliens who reside in Israel, who give any of their offspring to Moloch, shall be put to death. The people of the land shall stone them to death. I myself will set my face against them and will cut them off from the people because they have given of their offspring to Moloch, defiling my sanctuary and profaning my holy name. And if the people of the land should ever close their eyes to them, when they give their offspring to Moloch and do not put them to death, I myself will set my face against them and against their family and will cut them off from among their people, them and all who follow them, and prostituting themselves to Moloch. Children are special to God. Jesus himself tells us, let the children come to me and do not stop them 
for it is to such as these that the kingdom of heaven belongs. The enemy wants our children. He wants their hearts, their lives, and their souls. Even King Solomon eventually started worshiping Malak and other pagan gods. We read this in 1 Kings 11.4. It reads, For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not true to the Lord his God, as was the heart of his father David. In verses 9 through 11, we hear God's response. Then the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from the Lord, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this matter, that he should not follow other gods. But he did not observe what the Lord had commanded. Therefore the Lord said to Solomon, Since this has been your mind, and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes that I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and give it to your servant. I believe our children continue to be sacrificed at the hands of evil people today. Unfortunately, it's disguised using the words inclusion, equity, and education. Let me address a few facts. Sex trafficking is still rampant in our country. Children are told not to identify as male or female until they're old enough to make up their own minds. As a matter of fact, one major political denomination proudly declared they now recognize 62 different genders. 62 different genders. My Bible recognizes two. Liberal teachers are allowing students to identify as any gender they desire, along with any name or pronoun, with the promise of not informing their parents. I just read a story of how a a parent discovered her child went by a different name and gender the whole year in school without her knowing it. She found out when her child brought his yearbook home and she saw it for herself. Puberty-blocking drugs are being offered by doctors without parental consent. And don't even get me started on the effects of masking our children and closing schools. But we have to search far and wide to hear or read about these atrocities. The mainstream media is either complicit or ignores the fact that we're destroying not only our children's lives, but our country, this one nation under God. I often wonder what Walter Cronkite would think, and more importantly, I I wonder what he would report on. I also wonder if God is allowing us to experience his his dismay and disgust by allowing inflation rising prices in gas, food, and just about every other commodity to send us a wake-up call. You see, the problem, in my opinion, is that we're no longer focused on the true light. We've allowed this nation to shame us into burying our heads in the sand and redirect us in direct opposition to God and his plan for us. Much like King Solomon, we've been lulled into accepting this new norm for the sake of getting along with others, or maybe even worse, for lack of biblical understanding. Reverend Dr. Kevin Smalls has been encouraging pastors to stand strong and to preach the truth. As you may already know, that has been and will continue to be my intention 
as long as God calls me to the pulpit. Reverend Dr. Smalls told us, God handles those who stand in the way of God's work being done. The temptation is to lose sight of the actual goal and get distracted by those who are causing us personal grief, character assassinations, personal attacks, and sabotaging efforts. He said these tactics aren't our responsibility to manage. God told Jeremiah to not let them get in the way of him doing what God told him to do. To be a prophet is to stand no matter what. Stand in fatigue, stand in loss, stand in the conviction that God's voice can shake the foundations and remind the people to turn from their ways. Stand, he said. The enemy has fooled the world into looking to him as a light, and we're on a collision course without even realizing it. It reminds me of an old fable concerning a Navy captain, Derma, dark and stormy night on the sea. It's told the captain of an American ship was alerted that a, a light appeared before them, an unidentified ship. And if someone didn't change course, a collision would occur, resulting in many deaths. The conversation went something like this. Navy crew member, attention unidentified ship, please divert your course 15 degrees to the north to avoid a collision from the unidentified ship. No can do, sir. We recommend you divert your course 15 degrees to the south to avoid a collision. The Navy captain was fuming. Didn't they realize just who they're messing with? This was the U.S. Navy. They don't change course for anyone. His pride demanded they comply. The Navy captain grabbed the mic himself and screamed out, This is the captain of a U.S. Navy ship. I say again, divert your course. The reply from the unidentified ship, Nope, I say again, please divert your course. The Navy captain replied, this is the aircraft carrier USS Lincoln, the second largest ship in the United States Atlantic Fleet. We are accompanied by three destroyers, three cruisers, and numerous support vessels. As their leader, I demand you change your course 15 degrees north, or countermeasures will be undertaken to ensure the safety of these ships. The response from the unidentified ship. This is a lighthouse, sir. It's your call. I believe that sums up the problem in our world, our denomination, and even some of our churches. We've become so vain, so blind, or so eager to fit in that we've lost sight of our lighthouse, Jesus Christ. Lighthouses are there to keep sailors safe. Their light pierces the darkness in those who man it launch crews to rescue stranded soldiers and sailors. Oftentimes, a lighthouse is the difference between life and death. Jesus is our lighthouse. He is the true light. We're to remain focused on him and follow his direction. And trust me when I remind you, it truly is a matter of life and death. As a matter of fact, it's, it's an eternal matter. But this world like the captain, is demanding our lighthouse change his course 
and come into the 21st century. But Hebrews 13.8 tells us Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. If there was ever a time in our world when we need to be reminded that Jesus came to be light, it's today. It is now. Jesus is that lighthouse that's with us during every storm in our lives. He asks us to stay focused on him and his word to safely navigate our lives. If and when we do find ourselves off course, and all of us do, we simply need to get back in his word and adjust our course. We are not to expect Jesus to adjust his course as the world demands. The world does not have the answers we need. The world is not our lighthouse. The world does not know God. Why would we listen to them? Isaiah 2 22 cautions us to turn away from mortals who have only breath in their nostrils, for of what account are they? Those who believe, those who have accepted Jesus Christ, understand that he and he alone is our only hope in this world and in the next. But we also know God will eventually turn people with hardened hearts over to their own desires. In Isaiah 6, 9 through 10, we hear him telling the prophet, Go and say to this people, Keep listening, but do not comprehend. Keep looking, but do not understand. Make the mind of this people dull and stop their ears and shut their eyes so they may not look with their eyes and listen with their ears and comprehend with their minds and turn and be healed. Last week I asked you to imagine a compass pointing true north. We agreed if we wander off course by even one degree, by the time we complete our journey, we risk being so far off course, we aren't even close to our original destination. Our destination is eternal life with God, our Creator, and His Son, Jesus Christ. God's Word is that lamp unto our feet and a light to our path, and no matter how dark our world has become, There is no darkness that can overtake that light. One little tiny speck of light will break through the darkness in even the darkest of places and nights. In chapter 9, verse 2, Isaiah said that people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. Christ is that light Isaiah was talking about. Following him, following Christ, requires that we trust what we see as the truth, not what news and media outlets, social media posts, or the world tells us to see. In Isaiah 5.3, God called the Israels out and told them, Judge between me and my vineyard. God told them to choose between the world and her own flesh or to choose him to serve him. He makes that same call to each one of us this morning. For those who have veered off course, come back, he says. For those who haven't seen the light, open your eyes and see my son, he says. For those of you who are heavy burdened, find rest in me, he says. For those of you who don't feel loved, 
Come experience the true love of your Father in heaven, he says. For those of you who the enemy has convinced that all hope is lost, hear these words from Billy Graham. For the believer, there is hope beyond the grave because Jesus Christ has opened the door to heaven for us by his death and resurrection. God is calling each of us to him this morning. Picture Jesus standing on the altar right now with his scarred hands reaching out to each one of you. Come to the altar if you need a course correction. Come to the altar if you know you're a sinner who needs not only forgiveness, but a Lord and Savior. How much does God love us? John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that everyone who believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. Come to the altar, whether you're accepting Jesus for the first time or coming back to him for the hundredth time. Jesus is calling you. The world is calling you. Today, choose God or the vineyard. The altar is open. Choose Jesus.
Let us pray. Father God, at the beginning of creation, you calm the chaos of the world. Be present now to those whose lives are suddenly filled with chaos. Grant them the grace of calm in the midst of confusion. You've always shown us the way from darkness into the light. For those struggling now to see the light, we ask that you shine it a bit brighter in our world. Grant us all the grace to see a way forward through the present darkness. Throughout history, you've raised up leaders to care for your people. May those who are called upon to lead now in this time of despair be given the grace to do so with conviction and compassion. The psalmist sings, be strong and take heart, all you who hope in the Lord. Let it also be our song this day. May we and those we pray for truly hope in the Lord. And may that hope give us all the strength and heart we need to move from darkness into light. We pray that you lift away people's burdens and remove the things that oppress people's lives. We pray you give courage to those who fear. Lord, your light calls us forth to follow and serve you. Your light still shines for all to see in this world. May we continue to reflect your light in our lives, in our service, in our words, and in our deeds. Father God, you've called us to be a light shining in the world. Help us reflect the light of Christ so people see your love and goodness in all our words and actions. We pray all this in Christ's precious name. Amen. We move to the offering this morning, and once again, I, I thank you uh, for your obedience. I thank you for your offerings to this church. Um, we will be starting a capital campaign as we, as we start to transition from the United Methodist Church into a, a truly community church. Um, so you'll hear more about that later. But again, we ask you to pray and, and just follow the Holy Spirit's direction. Let us pray. Father God, we pray over our offerings today and sing you praises. Yet you call us to do more. 
You call us to speak for you, to make our testimony part of our offering, which terrifies us. But Scripture reminds us that you will provide us with the words. Give us a faith and courage to speak of your love, mercy, and compassion. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we leave here today, let's remember to be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, and to live in peace as our Father in heaven blesses us. Now receive the benediction. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all today and every day. Amen. Until we meet again, brothers and sisters, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe, stay connected, and stay in his word. God bless you all.